praise the Lord. So we're going to share a few testimonies. And, and today, uh, Richie will be sharing the word because uh, the continuation of last week, last message will be done by Richie. Okay, praise the Lord. So we'll bring in those who are having the experiences. Praise the Lord. I'm guessing yeah. first. Yeah, um, go ahead. Okay, so I just wanted to share an experience from a few weeks ago uh, when we practiced the, the ride method. Um, so um, I'll start with the, I've written down notes so that I've, I've, uh, I don't take too long. Um, so raw content, what is the raw content you received and how you received it? Uh, I felt a strong urge to pray for a high-ranking colleague at work. Um, interestingly, um, our officers share a wall and both sit, we both sit with our backs facing, facing the wall. Um, on this particular day, I had an inner prompting to stand up and place my hand on the wall and cover him with prayer. Um, to set the scene, our officers uh, have glass walls on the interior, making actions like this very visible to everyone else in the office. However, um, the inner voice was so compelling that I disregarded any concerns about what others might think. Um, in that moment, all I cared about was praying for him, even if it meant people saw me holding a wall and praying uh, in the office. Um, as I was praying for him, I had this sense to pray specifically for one of his sons, uh, Matthew, uh, who happens to be the most challenging among his four sons, uh, with three of them having autism. Um, during this moment, um, uh, I didn't experience any self-consciousness or hesitation. Instead, I, I sensed a powerful conviction uh, as though I needed to break through uh, something significant. Um, I distinctly felt the presence of the Lord travel through this literal wall. Um, and um, that was it. Uh, I sat back down and I continued working. Um, I should mention at this stage, I had not yet received the homework for that week. A few hours later, I received the email and I was surprised to see that God had already got started uh, with me. Um, so I followed the instructions which takes me to step two, interpretation. What was the interpretation that you received from the Lord? Uh, the Lord reassured that this child is in his hands and that he is in control. Uh, whatever situation he, were, he may be going through, God hears his prayers and that he, he knows what he is going through as a father. Uh, but to take comfort in the fact that he is working on it. It was clear that to me that I had to convey this message to him. Uh, as events unfolded, I discovered that this individual was in need of a supernatural presence at that exact moment that I was led to pray for him and the son. And let me tell you, um, I wouldn't have dared to share this with him if I had known what this was about. Uh, so it takes me to the next one, deliver. Uh, how, how did the Lord guide you to deliver his word in a humble posture? Um, he enjoys going for walks, and since the weather was nice, I invited him to join me for one. During our conversation, I asked about his well-being and his children, but he didn't share much, simply saying everything was okay. Uh, given that he's a Baptist uh, and we often discuss God, um, it felt like a comfortable setting, to, uh, setting. so I started talking to him about uh, growing in Christ and how I've been trying to be more aware of God's presence, and that I felt the need to pray for his son, Matthew. I reassured him that God is in control of any challenges they, they might be facing and to take comfort in the fact that he's, uh, his prayers are being heard. And then the final one was evaluate. What was the feedback you received from the person you heard God's voice? Uh, he started to get emotional and it became clear to me why God had prompted me to pray for him. Um, in the afternoon around the same time I had placed my hand on the wall to pray, 
he received a distressing call from the school. It was about his son, Matthew, uh, who was experiencing suicidal thoughts. And due to his condition with autism, they had to take it uh, very seriously. Um, the school had contacted both parents to discuss the situation, which must have been incredibly difficult for them. And it was precisely at that moment that I, I felt the urge to touch the wall and try to break through any darkness that was going on on the other side. Uh, my words seemed to bring him comfort and I could tell by the expression on his face. Um, afterwards, I was just amazed by the way God works and I realized that this encounter was more for my colleague Matthew's dad than it was for Matthew. Uh, after this, he seemed ready to handle any situation that comes his way. Uh, we now go on walks almost every lunch and we talk about God as well, which is something that else that came out of it. And I would like to add that if it wasn't for the homework, which I wasn't too uh, happy about at the start of this program, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to speak to my colleague and actually find out what God was doing. So, and that was my experience. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Isn't that amazing? We really thank the Lord for that. Beautiful, uh, great. And we see how God's really been faithful. So only problem now we are having is that our time factor is uh, challenged and uh, we may have uh, uh, issues with the other two testimonies. So we'll keep it uh, for the end. If there is space at the end, we will share those two testimonies. And uh, now we go to the sharing of the word. Richie. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So it's uh, an honor to share God's word with you once again. I feel like the the teacher who was recruited and uh, the principal at the back of the class is checking uh, what on earth is this teacher teaching my students. I'm just kidding. Praise God. So uh, it's an honor to share God's word with you. So I'm just going to dive in uh, quickly. So. Today, uh, I'm going to speak to you on eight principles, prophetic principles that you need to apply when prophesying for people, when using the gift of prophecy. You need to apply these eight principles. Now, um, one of the reasons that the church uh, is afraid uh, of this of the gift of prophecy is because the uh, Throughout the centuries, it has damaged and done a lot of damage uh, in the church. Now, why, why am I saying that? You know, a lot of people have been hurt uh, by this prophecy because those who uh, prophesied uh, claimed that they were representing God and has done a lot of damage. A lot of good has happened, as but a lot of bad has happened as well. Therefore, because of that, uh, many people... In, in fact, throughout the centuries, many people have limited this gift of uh, prophecy because they were concerned and they were afraid that they will be led uh, astray by this gift. Now, you and I know that uh, the gift of preaching also has led many people astray, right? False teachings, uh, heresies, schisms, uh, and throughout the 2000 odd years, so much of uh, wrong teachings were preached through the gift of preaching. But we as a church, have we stopped uh, preaching? No, right? Almost every day, many of us listen to 
some sermon we go to church we listen to sermon and preaching as days pass by as years pass by has only got better and better and we spend more time uh, making sure that we preach the right things we we are rooted in the gospel and in the truth and we make sure that we preach what god wants us to preach praise the lord praise the lord so it's the same thing with prophecy the gift of prophecy is the exact same thing do you know that you and i have the gift of prophecy right like i told you all a few weeks back uh, and we need to pay more attention to this gift we need to pay more attention because god has called us uh, to to share this gift and to expand in this gift like the gift of preaching now many of you if you have done uh, theology will understand uh, you would have been taught this in theology they teach uh, preaching is actually a form of prophecy so today i'm going to talk to you about eight uh, uh, principles that you and i need to follow and these eight principles are found in the new testament and it is important that we focus on these eight principles so if you have your paper and pen i would suggest you to take it down if you have your smartphone take it down and uh, take down these eight principles if you can give your undivided attention for the next 25 to 30 minutes uh, believe me uh, if you put this into practice uh, you will not go astray or you will not be misled by others or or others will not be misled by you as well praise the lord so let's go to the the only scripture for today the acts of the apostles chapter 21 verse 8 to 14 let me can project it okay that's all super okay so i'll just read it because of time leaving the next day we reached cesarea and stayed at the house of philip the evangelist one of the seven next please he had four unmarried daughters who prophesied four unmarried daughters after we had been there a number of days a prophet named agabus came down from judea next one coming over to us he took paul's belt tied his own hands and feet with it and said the holy spirit says in this way the jews of jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the gentiles mm-hmm. next week when we heard this we and the people they are pleaded with paul not to go up to jerusalem then paul answered why are you weeping and breaking my heart i'm already not only to be i'm i'm ready not only to be bound but also to die in jerusalem for the name of the lord jesus last words when we would when he would not be dissuaded we gave up and said the lord's will be done praise the lord praise the lord praise god So this is uh, Luke who's writing the Acts of the Apostles as I'm saying he was saying we we. So there are few things that we need to take from this uh, scripture. And one thing is Philip had four unmarried daughters 
and all four of them were prophesying. What is, what is scripture trying to tell us? It's saying that ordinary people in the early church were prophesying. They were moving in the gift of prophecy. Ordinary people. And why is that important to us? It is important because you and I need to know that we too have the very same gift. We have the access to the spirit of prophecy, which was in the early church. So Agabus, uh, Agabus is called a prophet here. Not many were called prophets, but in the New Testament, but Agabus is called a prophet. And Agabus here is delivering a foretelling me uh, message to Paul. He's giving a foretelling prophecy to Paul. So principle number one. Principle number one, if you're writing down, you can write down. Awesome. Deliver the prophetic word in the manner in which you received it. This can include prophetic acts as well. So the tone of the word that uh, you have communicates just as much as the prophetic word as well. How you deliver something is part of the word itself. It is important not only the word that you receive, but how you deliver it as well. So therefore, we don't deliver a prophetic word one-dimensionally. I'll give you an example. For example, we say someone who's very hyper and who's all excited and he receives a prophetic word. He's praying for someone, Lord Jesus, what's your heart for this person? And he's receiving a word from God saying, uh, God is telling, uh, I tell him that I love him. And this guy in his excitement shouts, God is telling, I love you. You don't give a prophetic word, lad. On the other hand, you, you don't give a prophetic word very with a monotone or like a robot. When God gives you a word, you don't say, God is telling, I love you. You don't say it that way either. You don't, that's now how you say prophecy. You communicate the way God communicated that prophetic word to you. Because it is just not just information that we are communicating to the person that you are prophesying. It is the Father's heart that we prophesy. That is prophecy. So you and I need to be very tuned to what God is telling you. How you communicate plays a big role in the word that you are sharing with to the other. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Now, sometimes we are called to do something else as well. When we are praying for someone, uh, the Holy Spirit will prompt you to do something else as well. To release an effect into that person's life. And this is called the prophetic act. Now, what is a prophetic act? The prophetic act is an action done under the obedience in the natural that communicates God's message and that makes an impact of grace into that person's life. So I'll give you an example. So what, what we read just now, right? Uh, Agabus. Agabus takes, I don't know whether he pulled the belt from Paul's hip. I don't know how he did it. But Agabus takes... Paul's belt and ties his hand. That's a prophetic act. Now he does that in the natural, but that communicates part of the message to St. Paul. So I'll give you something uh, that has happened to me. 
So one day when I was praying for a, a person, God said, uh, I got this prophetic word saying, I'm breaking the chains from this person, the chains of uh, whatever he was caught up in, temptation and addiction. And all of a sudden this prompt, because I've heard this before, the, the prophetic act, uh, something told me, do a prophetic act. So then I told him, uh, God is telling you that he's breaking all the chains in your life and you are being set free from today. Uh, and I took like a sledgehammer and I just did like this. And he was, I told him, I'm going to do something and I will explain to you. And I did it like this. In the realm of the spirit, I imagined that he was caught up in chains and like I'm breaking the chains. And I explained to him, this is what uh, it means. And I explained to him in detail. And now, when you are prophesying, sometimes God will give you that. The Holy Spirit will give you the prompting to do a prophetic act. Because when you do a prophetic act, it releases more grace into that person's life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, every time it doesn't happen, but when it happens, uh, try to do. Don't worry about what other people say. Like exactly like, Hama, like what Haman did, right? He was not worried about what others were thinking. He got this prompting, a prophetic act, what he did. He turned and he prayed towards that wall. Excellent example. Praise God. So principle number two. All prophecy is partial. Yes, okay. I think all fine. That is a part of it. The principle number two is all prophecy is partial. It is, yes, it is the receiver's job to discern the content of the prophetic word. Exactly. It is the receiver's job to discern the content. You know, St. Paul says it beautifully. He says it in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, we only know in part and we prophesy in part. You know, the fact is that our prophecy is going to always have some kind of a limitation. And we should accept, uh, expect that. You know, we, we shouldn't expect crystal clear HD quality 4K uh, prophecy all the time. Yes, we do get HD quality 4K prophecy on and off. You will definitely, you will get it uh, maybe at some point. But uh, you also need to accept that we only get parts of it. There are limitations. We often get certain parts wrong and we need to accept it. But we often also, most of the time, get most of it right as well. Now, we get certain parts wrong and lots of it right as well. And it can be the other way. You know, this reminds you and me that we need a relationship with God in order to discern God's voice. We need a relationship. That's why we don't get everything crystal clear all the time. You know, imagine you have a friend, right? you have a, a good friend of yours who flows in the prophetic uh, and you go to him uh, and you he prophesies over your life and he gives you crystal clear information. He gives you clear information. Uh, he gives you clear directives all the time you go to him or every time he prophesies uh, and he doesn't make any mistake. Everything's speak and span clear clarity. You know what will happen? You might mistake your friend for God. And uh, you might not need a relationship with God. 
to discern what is from God and what is not from God because you are receiving everything from Him. Therefore, prophecy needs discernment. And it is discernment that makes sure that we don't go astray in the gift of prophecy. You know, one of the main uh, objectives of the gift of prophecy is not to uh, replace God, but to for you to have a relationship with God. For you to increase your relationship with God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So in the New Testament, we see that uh, prophets can get parts of it right and parts of it wrong. So uh, Acts 20, we read about St. Paul and Agabus. And if you read this uh, text, you can read it later on, chapter 20, verse 8 to 14. You will know when we read, uh, Agabus gives a prophecy, but he actually gives a part of that prophecy wrong. Now, what was the wrong part of the prophecy? You know, Agabus says, uh, uh, whoever owns this belt, the Jews will bind this man. But it was not the Jews who bind the man. Uh, this man. It was not the Jews who put Paul into prison and bind him. It was the Romans who did it. But Agabus gives this part wrong. He says the Jews do it. So after Agabus says this, uh, prophesies this prophecy, uh, the people around Paul uh, start begging Paul not to go to Jerusalem. But here you read, you see Paul's response, right? Paul's response is, uh, it says that Paul uh, wept and he was crying, why are you breaking my heart? Paul is saying, why are you breaking my heart? Because this prophetic word struck the heart of Paul. It spoke to Paul directly and Paul believed in it. Believed in this word. He's, he's confirming the authenticity of this prophetic word. But he's saying, why are you crying? So Paul himself, the one who received the prophetic word, is discerning uh, the word. But the people around him discerned it wrong. Paul discerned it right. The people around him discerned it wrong. Therefore, it's the job of the one who's giving the prophetic word to hear God's voice clearly uh, and to speak God's word in with love and faith. On the other hand, it is the job of the receiver to fully discern the word and to make sure whether it is from God or not. Prayerfully, fully discern the word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, uh, yes, praise the Lord. So when we are giving a prophetic word, you know, when we are when we are praying for someone, uh, we are asking Lord Jesus, God, what's your heart for this person? And when we are proclaiming, when we are releasing a prophetic word into a person's life, we should never say, the Lord is telling you, you need to do X, Y, and Z. We don't dictate people to do things. We don't say, you have to do this. No, it doesn't work that way. We have to give the freedom to the person uh, who's receiving the prof uh, prophecy, whether he wants to accept it or not, it's up to him. We need to give him the freedom. Because the person who's receiving the word only knows whether it is from God or not. Only that person knows whether that word was from God or not. Even you might not know it. That person would know when you speak it to him. So 50% of the responsibility of the prophetic word belongs to the person who is delivering the word. 
and 50% of the responsibility uh, is on the person who's receiving the word. Now, what is that called? That's called prophetic responsibility. Praise the Lord. So you and I, when we are prophesying next time, remember you and I have a prophetic responsibility. 50% of the word that we deliver, we're responsible for it. And the receiver is 50% responsible. Principle number three. Getting details wrong does not make you a false prophet. It makes you human. You know, it's it's 100% okay to get things wrong. In fact, all of us will get things wrong on and off. You know, we can initially get the, the revelation right at times, correct? But we tend to mess up in the interpretation and the application. Sometimes you might get the revelation right, but the interpretation application, we tend to get it wrong sometimes. And I'll tell you the reason why. You know, when we receive a revelation and God tells us something, uh, some of us, uh, if we are not patient, we might miss the interpretation application. Because sometimes uh, we might think, uh, okay, God is not going to give me the interpretation. Uh, or we might think, okay, God will not give me the application and interpretation. Uh, Maybe it's taking time and we'll jump the gun and we will say whatever we think was the interpretation and application. So I'll give you an example, right? I'll give you an example. Uh, now, for example, Haman, right? He was talking about his office, his colleagues. So if we, we, we say, I'm, I'm uh, praying for Haman, Haman and me, and I'm, I'm asking God uh, for a word for Haman. And God shows me like a teddy bear. He shows me a teddy bear and God shows me a teddy bear. And now before God gives me the interpretation, if I jump the gun and if I tell Haman, uh, hey man, I'm seeing a teddy bear and God is uh, telling that you're his teddy bear uh, and he loves you like a teddy bear uh, and he's telling you to take your, your teddy bear. Uh, if you have a teddy bear at home that you love, if, take it to office and keep it. He'll remind you of God. If I jump the gun and take the in, in saying interpretation like that, and imagine if Haman responds saying, hey man, uh, it's very strange. Yes, I do have a teddy bear. Uh, I love that teddy bear. But God told me to go and burn that teddy bear because I'm too attached to it. Praise the Lord. That is what I'm talking about. You need to wait for God to give you the interpretation. He will always give you the interpretation. Now, a false prophet is not someone uh, who gives wrong details. No, we all tend to give wrong information at times. But, but that doesn't mean that you are a false prophet. But a false prophet is someone who does not operate from the heart of God. Is A false prophet is someone who does not uh, portray the love of God who speaks carelessly, who doesn't speak God's word, then you become a false prophet. Praise God. Principle number four. Awesome. Prophetic leaders are required to discern corporate prophecy. You know, there is a distinction uh, between uh, personal prophecy and corporate prophecy. Now, what is personal prophecy? Personal prophecy is uh, basically me 
prophesying over someone else or one or two people. Uh, that is personal one-on-one -on -one or one or two people. Corporate prophecy is in a group gathering, in a prayer meeting, in a group, in a meeting where there is quite a number of people. One person gets up and declares what he believes, he or she believes, uh, what God is giving to that entire group. Now, because God is a God of order, a God of discipline, it is always important to include the leader in that particular group with regards to that prophetic word. You know, you we don't we don't just get up all of a sudden and say, okay, God gave me this word and this is what the Lord is saying for this group. No, we first submit to the leadership of that group, the elder of the group who is the leader of that group. And we go and tell the leader that I received a prophetic word uh, and this is the interpretation and this is the application that I believe that God is giving. And it is the leader who will decide whether this person needs to mention it or not, say it or not. The leader will decide whether he's going ahead with that or not. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Principle number five. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You know, this means that the Holy Spirit is subjecting himself in a very humble way to the vessel that he is using. The vessel is you and me. The Holy Spirit will subject himself in a humble way to us. Uh, you know, there is, how do I say, there is, there is a nothing, there is a nothing called the Holy Spirit forced me to do this. Uh, or you, there, there is one person who comes here for the prayer meetings, right? So one day he was moving up and down like this, distracting everyone. So I went and told him, hey man, you're distracting everyone here. Uh, why are you doing swinging up and down like this during the praise and worship? And he told me, uh, I don't know, the Holy Spirit takes control of me and that's what I'm swimming, swinging up and down. And I said, no way, man. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit will never take control of your mouth and prophesy by forcely, do prophetic acts by forcely. No, the Holy Spirit will never do that. He will never take control. He will sub is submit to you and he expects you that you will cooperate with him to release the prophetic word, to do the prophetic act. He expects you to cooperate with him. But he will not do anything by force. Therefore, you and I need wisdom to discern uh, how to share the word, uh, with whom to share the word, where we share the word. We need to discern before sharing a prophetic word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, um, for example, a prophetic ministry uh, done in office is going to be very different from uh, doing prophetic ministry in a church. Now, prophetic ministry done in church is going to be very different from doing prophecy, prophetic ministry in a coffee shop, right? So we need to be we need to discern how we are going to speak, whom we are going to whom we are going to speak to, and how way, the way we are going to speak. That's all. Yes, sir. Now, uh, some people might have uh, high prophetic gifts, uh, but very low social and uh, emotional inter intelligence you might someone might have 
might flow in the prophetic, but their social and emotional intelligence might be very low. Therefore, it's as important and equal as growing in the gift of prophecy, you also need to grow in your social and emotional intellect as well. If you want to flow in the gift of prophecy. So I'm going to give you all uh, some of the, uh, some things that you should not do uh, during prophetic ministry. And if you're writing it down, you can write it down. Uh, one thing that you should not do is if you are angry or don't, don't have any compassion for the person that you are praying over, uh, then you should not pray for that person. Or you should really discern a million times before you speak any word over that person's life. If you are angry with the person that you are praying for, that is a sign you should not prophesy over a person, that particular person. Number two, if you are experiencing strife or anger or anxiety, uh, and, and if you, uh, and if uh, it's, uh, you're not capable of prophesying, uh, and if you are unable to connect with the love of God, then it's best that you don't prophesy. Then while you're angry or anxious, it's not a good time for you to prophesy over people because you might be finding it hard to connect with the love of God. If you're unable to connect with the love of God, then, then don't prophesy. And number three is uh, when you're not motivated by love for others, when you're mo not motivated at all by love, uh, then don't prophesy. It is not the best environment for you. I'm not saying not to prophesy, but it is not the best environment for you to prophesy. Because if you're not motivated by love, you might not hear God's voice clearly. Why am I saying that? Because prophecy is all about love and love alone. Now, if you want, if you are someone who wants to show off and uh, have this competitive mindset, uh, I want to outperform this person's prophecy. Uh, if you want to do uh, all those things, if you have a very competitive mindset, you are disqualified from prophesying. Any performance-based mentality uh, autom automatically disqualifies you from prophesying because you will not hear God's voice clearly. Because God sees your heart and he, see, he knows whether you're prophesying in love or in performance mentality. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, uh, principle number six. Awesome. Prophetic ministry must be done decently and in good order. Now, just because you get a word from God, it doesn't mean that you should share that word. It doesn't give you the, uh, the obligation or the right to share the word just because you received a word from God. You know, for example, in a prayer, prayer meeting setting, we say someone is preaching or sharing a word or sharing something, their testimony. Uh, we don't get up all of a sudden and say, I got a prophetic word, I'm going to say this and this. No, we don't do that. Our God is a God of order. Therefore, the prophetic ministry must be done decently and in good order. You know, while I was pre preparing for this uh, message, uh, two weeks back, you know, two weeks back, uh, we at Tabo, right, in the CRL office, uh, we decided to have a movie movie afternoon. The Tabo staff only. So someone uh, suggested, let's watch uh, Jesus Revolution. 
So some of us hadn't watched it. And we watched Jesus Revolution. And there was this incident that uh, happened between the, the main character, that is Jonathan Rumi, right? The guy, the person who acts as Jesus in Chosen. Uh, while the preacher is preaching, he all of a sudden gets up and he starts giving words of knowledge, prophesying and everything. And that's where both of them uh, have an issue and they part. Why was that? Because he did not follow protocol. He just got up and he just started prophesying while the preacher was preaching. So that is not allowed in the prophetic ministry. Praise the Lord. Avoid negative words. And not only negative words, we also avoid certain topics. We do not prophesy about birth. We do not prophesy about deaths. And we do not prophesy about vocations. Births, deaths, vocations. These three things, uh, we in the community of the risen Lord, we do not prophesy. Now, you might be clearly getting uh, revelation about these things, birth, death, and vocation. But in the community, we do not prophesy because these are sensitive topics and these are very personal for a person's life. Just imagine, right? Imagine if uh, there is someone who flows in the gift of prophecy. Uh, you know someone and he comes up to you and he walks up to you and he says, uh, I prayed for you and the Lord is uh, Lord told me uh, that you are going to die next week. Imagine what would happen to you. You will flip, right? That's why we don't prophesy birth, death and vocation. Finally, uh, once you uh, give a prophetic word uh, to a person and you prophesy over a person, that person responds to you and after all that is done, after I have discussed about the prophetic word, uh, you need to make sure that you do a sealing prayer, a final prayer. Because words have pro power. Prophetic words have power. Even our words, every word that we speak has power. And therefore, you need to say this. You'll get this in your uh, email later on, in your handout later on uh, within the week. You'll get a prayer. You can have your own prayer. So what I do is after I prophesy over someone and we, we have a discussion about it, finally, I would say, uh, Lord Jesus, uh, whatever word that came from you, let it increase and multiply and bless it a 30, a 60 and a 100 fold. But Lord Jesus, whatever word that is not from you, Lord, I ask you to break it in the precious blood of Jesus. And the moment you say that every word, negative word, any word that is not from God uh, will be broken and will not bear any fruit. So you need to remember that. Praise God. Principle number seven. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not running fast. Principle number seven, yes. Our prophetic giftings grows with our faith. You know, St. Paul, Saint Paul says it. This is St. Paul uh, connects uh, growing in the gift of prophecy with faith. He connects it, St. Paul. And uh, if you want to grow in your personal uh, prophetic gift, you need to increase your faith. You need to increase your faith. So there are many ways that you can increase your faith reading. Faith comes by hearing the hearing the word of the Lord. Uh, faith, oh. there are many ways. Uh, but I'm giving you just two simple ways. Number one is 
ask God for an increase in faith. Every day in your prayer, ask God, Lord Jesus, give me yeah, grace no. to increase in yeah. faith. And number two, stepping out and taking the risk in boldness. Stepping out in faith and praying with people that you do not know or praying with uh, those uh, friends of you. Step out in faith and see what the Lord is doing. And a perfect example, right? Aman, amazing example. He stepped out in faith. He proclaimed the word. God backed the word. And he's, I'm sure, Aman, your faith would have increased for sure, if I'm not mistaken. That's how you increase your faith. You ask God for faith and the next thing you step out in faith. Now, your faith to hear God's voice for other people can only grow to the proportion that you take risks. So I'm going to tell this again. Your faith to hear God's voice for other people can only grow to the proportion that you take risks. So the more risk, more faith. Less risks, less faith. It's like playing basketball. More you play basketball, you'll be able to shoot accurately. The less you play basketball, you'll be shooting somewhere else. That's God. So principle number eight. Yes, principle number eight, last one. Exercise wisdom and prudence. Right, so Exercise wisdom and prudence regarding warning or negative words exercise we need to be very careful the word on the words that we speak now if you are someone who's praying for people and you're getting uh, negative words harsh words uh, words of warning uh, all the time when you're praying for someone uh, you need to ask yourself uh, do I have an issue that I need to deal with in me first before I, I release that word over a person's life? And uh, even after that, if you discern that word and you still believe that you're getting, these are the words that you're getting, uh, this negative word, uh, a warning word, uh, then the best thing that you need to do is you need to go and speak to a spiritual director, a leader in the community, someone... Uh, uh, an elder. You need to go and speak to them to make sure that if you're on the right track or not. Because every word that you release, you need to be very careful. You need to make sure that it, that it is the word from God. So, when you and I are prophesying, uh, where there is problem, we prophesy solution. Where there is bondage, we prophesy freedom. So, that you need to remember. Prophecy is always uh, uplifting. So yes, you will get warning messages, you will get uh, uh, negative words, but that is not for us. Those are for the major prophets. Let's keep it for them. Let's do our work. Yes. Now, when we don't... Uh, okay, I'm only sending message, right? So yeah. So these are the uh, principles that we need to follow. Uh, and if you follow these principles carefully, especially remember, uh, we don't prophesy about vocations, we don't prophesy about births, we don't prophesy about deaths, uh, we need to submit to the leadership. And when you do all this, when you follow these principles, uh, 
believe me, you will not fall into error. And no one will be able to pinpoint and say, okay, this person said this. Uh, you will not fall into error. And the more you follow these principles and practice the gift of prophecy, you will start flowing and you will start hearing God's voice more clear and clear. And the best way to flow in the gift of prophecy is connect with Jesus Christ more and more. Because the Catholic Church needs you and me to hear from God more and more so that we would bring this gift into the church and that the church and the people will start growing. Everyone needs to hear God speak. That is why we are called Christians. Christ in us and Christ is speaking in and through us to the world. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this time that you have given us, Lord. Lord, every word that was spoken over people's life, Lord, if it is from you, Lord Jesus, let it bear a 30, a 60, and a 100 fold. Let, it, let the blessing come upon them. Let it increase and multiply. But Lord Jesus, whatever word that was not from you, Lord, we ask you to break it in the name of Jesus. Lord, we wash each and every person here with the precious blood of Jesus. Lord, we ask you to pour down the grace of the gift of prophecy into their life. That they'll be tuned to your voice. And they would hear your voice clearly. And they would proclaim your voice the way you speak to them. Mother Mary, we ask your intercession, all the holy souls, saints in heaven and in purgatory, all the angels and the archangels, cherubims and seraphims. We ask your intercession. We ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.